1: Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds
2: and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit. for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. CTMobile.com.
3: The Leslie Marshall Show. The only true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE.
4: Brad Bannon. Brad runs Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm that help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And speaking of unions, the Teamsters just endorsed Joe Biden. Their announcement, by the way, is a picture of Joe Biden. And if you look behind his pocket. You can see me not in his pocket, but sitting uh, there uh, when I was uh, one of the moderators, the co-moderator for the forum, the Teamsters did uh, back in Iowa with the presidential, then presidential candidates. Uh, so I was glad to, you know, be a part of that pick, be a part of that moment. And the Teamsters endorsing Joe Biden, I think Joe Biden, I think is awesome uh, because he's definitely my pick. You know, uh, I'm a Democrat. I don't just vote for Democrats necessarily, but uh Definitely against Donald Trump. I, I I will be voting for, like many, anyone, right? Uh, you can hear, by the way, Brad guest host for me every Monday, as I had mentioned, from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern. He has his own program. It's awesome. You should check it out. Deadline DC with Brad Bannon. You can listen to it uh, on radio, online. Uh, which is on stream, and also on podcasts. Get it when you want, where you want, and the way you want. And in addition to that, you can watch him just like you're going to watch us or are watching us today. Those of you on Twitter, hello to Periscope Land Live, Mm -hmm. YouTube Live, Facebook Live. Good to have all of you uh, watching and listening uh, today. Um, The Uh, I I also want to point out that Brad uh, writes uh, for The Hill. I love The Hill. You see me constantly repost and retweet things that they have. Um, he writes a column every Monday. Monday's a big day for Brad. He you know, sits in for me hosting his own show, Deadline DC, with Brad Bannon, and also writes a column every Monday on the 2020 presidential race for The Hill. This week, column is titled, Trump Looks for Love in All the Wrong Places. Love the title, Brad. Uh, the piece highlights how an NBC News, Wall Street Journal national poll actually gave Joe Biden a 21 point lead over Donald Trump with female voters, and that's especially timely because today, as you know, is the 100th anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment of the United States Constitution, and that's one of my favorites, the first and the 19th, uh, which gave women the right to vote. You can read Brad's columns at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen Bannon, and his Twitter handle is at Brad Bannon, B-R-A-D-B-A-N-N-O-N, no relation to Steve Bannon, <laughs> I must say, and I just wanna thank everybody up in heaven, if there is a heaven, uh, who was a part of fighting for women's right to vote because I couldn't vote without uh, that 19th uh, amendment and without that push, all of those uh, women suffragettes uh, just uh, did an awesome job. I should have wore white today. I think I will uh, tonight uh, on TV. And before we get to that, just telling you what's going on um, with me uh, tonight, I recorded uh, Kevin McCullough, conservative uh, radio host, uh, an interview with him about last night Uh, Tonight, I will be on the Fox affiliates throughout the country, the O&Os, as they call them, with Bill Hemmer. I will be on a panel. Uh, I will be the liberal. Uh, There will be a conservative who will be providing analysis um, uh, during uh, the Democratic uh, National Convention's uh, second night. And then after, at midnight, I will be on with Shannon Bream, at midnight Eastern, uh, providing post-debate analysis. Tomorrow night, be sure to look for my... um, uh, column uh, on uh, tomorrow night's uh, third night, uh, Democratic National Convention and uh, early Thursday morning, four a.m. Eastern. I will be on Fox and Friends first talking about what happened Wednesday night in the wee hours of Thursday morning and again at midnight providing post uh, final night, fourth night, a Democratic uh, national convention analysis. Uh, on Fox News Channel. Uh, but good to have Brad with us. Hey, Brad, good to be on together. You normally you're on Monday by yourself, and it's good to have you here with me on a Tuesday. Loving your columns for the Hill. Good job. Hope they hope they pay you well. I know the guy that owns it's a rich man. Uh, but thank you uh, for being with us today, buddy. Taking the time. It's
2: always a pleasure, Leslie. I got my start uh, being on your show, and I uh, still enjoy being on your show a lot. It's oh, a lot I, easier. I, I, and, than... Well,
4: it's not just my show; it's your show every Monday. And uh, today it's our show, but it, it's good. It's good to have you with us. Virtual hug. You know, I love you, buddy. Um, what Brad and I are going to do is, we're going to Marky Mark, our executive producer, Grimaldi, um, has put together some great cuts from last night. We're going to We're going to listen to the cuts, and then Brad and I are going to uh, provide our reaction and analysis, if you will, um, of uh, the cuts of these speakers. First one's a little lengthy. Um, and uh, I I personally thought this woman hit it out of the park last night. Stephen Colbert said of former First Lady Michelle Obama that it's his job as a comedian to poke fun at every speaker and that he is going to gladly fail in his job as a comedian because he can't do it after her speech. Here's former First Lady Michelle Obama on what makes Donald Trump the wrong choice for President of the United States and what makes former Vice President Joe Biden the right person to be our next president, take a listen.
5: What's our strategy? Over the past four years, a lot of people have asked me, when others are going so low, does going high still really work? My answer, going high is the only thing that works. Because when we go low, when we use those same tactics of degrading and dehumanizing others we just become part of the ugly noise that's drowning out everything else. We degrade ourselves. We degrade the very causes for which we fight. But let's be clear going high does not mean putting on a smile and saying nice things when confronted by viciousness and cruelty. Going high means taking the harder path, it means scraping and clawing our way to that mountaintop. Going high means standing fierce against hatred while remembering that we are one nation under God. And if we want to survive, we've got to find a way to live together and work together across our differences. And going high means unlocking the shackles of lies and mistrust with the only thing that can truly set us free, the cold hard truth. So let me be as honest and clear as I possibly can. Donald Trump is the wrong president for our country. He has had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job, but he is clearly in over his head. He cannot meet this moment. He simply cannot be who we need him to be for us. It is what it is. Empathy. That's something I've been thinking a lot about lately, the ability to walk in someone else's shoes, the recognition that someone else's experience has value too. Most of us practice this without a second thought. If we see someone suffering or struggling, we don't stand in judgment, we reach out because there but for the grace of God go I. It is not a hard concept to grasp. It's what we teach our children. And like so many of you, Barack and I have tried our best to instill in our girls a strong moral foundation to carry forward the values that our parents and grandparents poured into us. But right now, kids in this country are seeing what happens when we stop requiring empathy of one another. They're looking around wondering if we've been lying to them this whole time about who we are and what we truly value. They see people shouting in grocery stores, unwilling to wear a mask to keep us all safe. They see people calling the police on folks minding their own business just because of the color of their skin.
4: We're going to be continuing with the uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama's speech at the first night of the Democratic National Convention last night. I'm on with Brad Bannon. I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll listen to the rest of that. And then Brad and I will provide our thoughts, our reactions, our analysis. Don't go away. I hope you'll keep listening or watching or both. I think if you're watching, you've got to listen, too, right? Don't go away. We're going to continue to listen to former First Lady Michelle Obama on the first night of the Democratic National Convention. Uh, We pick up where we left off, her talking about why Joe Biden is the right person to be our next president and why Donald Trump is the wrong man for the
5: job. They see an entitlement that says only certain people belong here, that greed is good and winning is everything, because as long as you come out on top, it doesn't matter what happens to everyone else. And they see what happens when that lack of empathy is ginned up into outright disdain. They see our leaders labeling fellow citizens enemies of the state while emboldening torch-bearing white supremacists. They watch in horror as children are torn from their families and thrown into cages and pepper spray and rubber bullets are used on peaceful protesters for a photo op. Sadly, this is the America that is on display for the next generation. A nation that's underperforming not simply on matters of policy, but on matters of character. And that's not just disappointing, it's downright infuriating. Because I know the goodness and the grace that is out there in households and neighborhoods all across this nation. And I know that regardless of our race, age, religion, or politics, when we close out the noise and the fear and truly open our hearts, we know that what's going on in this country is just not right. This is not who we want to be.
4: I have to tell you, you know, today I was thinking, honestly, Brad, I listened to these last night. I watched these last night. I'm going to listen and watch again. That was as if I heard it for the very first time. Did you kind of feel that way?
2: Uh, with oh, yeah, to- that, that yeah. was a great speech. You know, she her speech was the most memorable moment of the uh, 2016 Democratic Convention and the speech he gave last night will will be the most memorable moment of this convention too. And,
4: and you know and you know it was great because Trump has been attacking her all day and and really the only thing he attacks her on is her her attacks of him saying he can't handle the job and that she taped it. I mean what's the big deal? This is a virtual convention. And by the way just so everybody knows that's why she didn't mention Kamala Harris. Uh, because Joe Biden had not yet picked his running mate when she uh, did tape that, um, I, I agree with you. Um, uh, that that was that was powerful. There are Republicans behind closed doors are going, damn, that was a good speech. I'm sorry, I I, I really haven't heard much criticism, uh, even online, even by the uh, always Trumpers. Have you?
2: No, I haven't, and I think that's a good indication that the uh, there were lots of speakers last night. Uh, including Bernie Sanders, who is a very prominent national Democrat. Uh, But it was uh, it was uh, Michelle Obama who the president chose to attack. Also, I've been following the reaction to the speech on social media today. And I would say about, you know, 75, at least 75 percent of the mentions on social media today uh, about the festivities last night have been about uh, Michelle Obama. Uh, you know, not only, you know, sometimes you listen to the speech and you think to yourself, boy, the speaker made some very good points. Well, she did last night, but the speech went beyond that. You could feel her emotions. Uh, and it was it was a great combination of emotion and thought. And you don't see that very often. I remember when she gave her great speech uh, back at the National Convention in uh, 2016, uh, there was immediately uh, a you and cry that uh, you know, Michelle Obama, Uh, should run for president in 2020, Uh, my guess is if she had decided to run, uh, she probably would be on her way to the White House, but she chose Uh, for personal reasons not to. But uh, this is going to revive the UN cry uh, for a Michelle Obama presidency.
4: Yeah, absolutely. She doesn't like politics, but last night she said she was willing to do this for Biden. Speaking of somebody who does like politics, and he does it very well, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, spoke last night on the fight uh, with COVID and how the pandemic has showed us how many lives we can lose when our government is incompetent. Take a listen.
0: New Yorkers were ground zero for the COVID virus and have gone from one of the highest infection rates on the globe to one of the lowest. We climbed the impossible mountain, and right now we are on the other side. We did it with the kindness and assistance of so many. New Yorkers want to thank everyone who came to our aid. 30,000 Americans who volunteered to come here to help in our hour of need. Your love gave us the strength to carry on. We went through hell, but we've learned much. We know that our problems go beyond the COVID virus. COVID is the symptom, not the illness. Our nation is in crisis. And in many ways, COVID is just a metaphor. A virus attacks when the body is weak and when it cannot defend itself. Over these past few years, America's body politic has been weakened. The divisions have been growing deeper, the anti-Semitism, the anti-Latino, the anti-immigrant fervor, the racism in Charlottesville, where the KKK didn't even bother to wear their hoods, and in Minnesota, where the life was squeezed from Mr. Floyd. Only a strong body can fight off the virus and America's divisions weakened it. Donald Trump didn't create the initial division. The division created Trump. He only made it worse. So today, six months after it began, the nation is still unprepared. And we now face a second threat, but this time not from mother nature. This is a man-made threat by our own negligence. We now see the virus ricocheting across the country from one state to another. Today, we trail the world in defeating COVID. We have over five million cases. Americans learned a critical lesson, how vulnerable we are when we are divided and how many lives can be lost when our government is incompetent.
4: Uh, that, That was New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Um, Brad, I think it's essential that he spoke on COVID because honestly, I think New York is an example—not with nursing homes, uh, but uh, how with the rest of the population they did it right. I mean, they're they're reopening. Um, he was giving facts. He New looked Yorkers. to science. He looked to uh, he looked to doctors. And in addition, this this election is going to be a referendum on the handling um, or the uh, incompetency of this administration with regard to this pandemic, right?
2: Well, you're right. And uh, for instance, uh, on Sunday, NBC News and The Wall Street Journal released a national survey that showed uh, Joe Biden nine points ahead uh, of Donald Trump. But to underline your point, uh, Joe Biden had a 20 percent plus advantage over the president on the candidate who would be best able to fight the uh, pandemic. So uh, this is a referendum on Donald Trump's feeble fight against the pandemic, uh, and Joe Biden is reaping the benefits, and Donald Trump is paying the price.
4: Absolutely, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. More from the first night of the Democratic National Convention last night, and our thoughts and reaction. Back to you in a moment.
3: If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com.
4: I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Be sure to listen to Brad every Monday on Deadline DC with Brad Bannon right here at 3 p.m. Eastern. And check out his column every Monday for The Hill, which I absolutely love. This week, the column is entitled Trump Looks for Love in All the Wrong Places. You can follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon. And his columns are found at muckrack.com forward slash Brad hyphen bannon uh brad let's uh keep listening to more you had mentioned uh senator bernie sanders some people uh very surprised that he would support biden so uh, strongly he didn't seem to support hillary as strongly here's senator bernie sanders on how this election is the most important in the modern history um of our you know what actually mark don't get mad before i do that i want to i want to do another one um and and the reason is new york governor andrew cuomo spoke about covid and spoke about the pandemic, how many lives uh, we can lose uh, when our government is incompetent. And, and I think we really need to listen next to a woman named Chris, uh, Kristen Urquiza, uh, who, who lost her dad to COVID-19 after he trusted what the president said about the pandemic. Please listen.
1: I'm Kristen Urquiza. I'm one of the many who has lost a loved one to COVID. My dad, Mark Anthony Urquiza, should be here today, but he isn't. He had faith in Donald Trump. He voted for him, listened to him, believed him and his mouthpieces when they said that coronavirus was under control and going to disappear, that it was okay to end social distancing rules before it was safe, and that if you had no underlying health conditions, you'd probably be fine. So in late May, after the stay-at-home order was lifted in Arizona, my dad went to a karaoke bar with his friends. A few weeks later, he was put on a ventilator and after five agonizing days, he died alone in the ICU with a nurse holding his hand. My dad was a healthy 65 year old. His only pre-existing condition was trusting Donald Trump and for that he paid with his life. I am not alone. Once I told my story, a lot of people reached out to me to share theirs. They asked me to help them keep their communities safe, especially communities of color, which have been disproportionately affected. They asked me, a normal person to help, because Donald Trump won't. The coronavirus has made it clear that there are two Americas, the America that Donald Trump lives in and the America that my father died in. Enough is enough. Donald Trump may not have caused the coronavirus, but his dishonesty and his irresponsible actions made it so much worse. We need a leader who has a national, coordinated, data-driven response to stop this pandemic from claiming more lives and to safely reopen the country. We need a leader who will step in on day one and do his job to care one of the last things that my father said to me was that he felt betrayed by the likes of Donald Trump. And so when I cast my vote for Joe Biden, I will do it for my dad.
4: That was very meaningful and powerful. Um, you know, obviously on both sides of the aisle, and Democrats had to go first, Brad, uh, they'll bring people forward to speak about the problems with the current administration. Or the problems with, um, you know, certain areas or, you know, uh, policies. Um, th- th- this was this was very powerful. I think there are people that could relate to her because so many people have been affected and still keep, continue to be affected by COVID nineteen by this pandemic. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, her speech, which was a very good speech, and it was a good speech for the same reason Michelle Obama's speech was so good, is because you could feel and you can feel the emotion. And that's what moves people. And I think it's interesting that her speech uh, about her father who supported Donald Trump in uh, 2016 uh, and uh, John Case's speech uh, were both geared to uh, win over, uh, you know, some Democrats who voted for Donald Trump uh, back in 2016. I remember looking at the uh, 2016 exit polls. And 10% of the people, of the voters who supported uh, Barack Obama in 2012 uh, voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And that cost Hillary Clinton the election. And there were lots of them in the key battleground states like Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And her speech and the Kasich speech were uh, were designed to win back those Obama Democrats who jumped ship and voted for Trump uh, in 2016 to make sure they didn't do the same stupid thing again.
4: Yeah, most definitely. Um, Let's listen to Senator Bernie Sanders now. I did mention him. um, And and this is I think this is the most powerful line of of his speech and speaking about um, how this election is the most important in the modern history um, of our country. We'll listen to him and then you and I will uh, discuss Uh, Senator Bernie Sanders uh, from Vermont. Oh, okay. Uh, Who are we we doing uh, first? You said uh, uh, Kasich? Um, how much time do we have till break, Mark, since everybody, we have the curtain at Oz pulled back in? Oh, OK, so let's do some others. OK, uh, let, um, well, you know what? Let, let, we just heard uh, from a woman and not a politician. Let's hear from another um, non-politician. This is Phil Ones Floyd, uh, the brother of George Floyd, who led a moment of silence uh, to honor his brother and also other black americans killed by police a very real issue for people not just democrats and not just people of color uh, in this country take a listen
6: my brother george was selfless he always made sacrifices for his family friends and even complete strangers george had a giving spirit a spirit that has shown up on streets around our nation and around the world people of all races All ages, all genders, all backgrounds, peacefully protesting in the name of love and unity. It's a fitting legacy for our brother, but George should be alive today. Breonna Taylor should be alive today. Ahmaud Arbery should be alive today. Eric Garner should be alive today. Stephon Clark or Tatiana Jefferson, Sandra Bland, they should all be alive today. So it's up to us to carry on the fight for justice. Our actions will be their legacies. We must always find ourselves in what John Lewis called good trouble. For the names we do not know, the faces we'll never see, those who can't mourn because their murders didn't go viral. Please join me in a moment of silence to honor George and the many other souls we lost to hate and injustice. And when this moment ends, let's make sure we never stop saying their names.
4: Okay, uh, just giving that moment of silence uh, there. Um, uh, Again, an impassioned speech. um, You know, George Floyd is a a name known uh, throughout the world. I thought thought it was essential that someone from the Floyd family speak on Mr. Floyd's uh, behalf, Brad.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, really, When people write the histories of the 2020 presidential race, there are going to be two events that change the tide first back in February when the pandemic started sweeping the nation, and then on May 25th when George Floyd was murdered. Those are the two seminal events in this campaign. So you're right, it was important uh, that, some, that the Democrats uh, remembered George Floyd last night. And I think it's interesting. It also shows the differences to the two parties. The Trump campaign announced today that among the speakers at the Republican convention next week are going to be that a couple in St. Louis who held guns on a, uh, uh, group of peaceful protesters and threatened them, uh, when they were protesting George Floyd's murder. Uh, so, uh, you know, the sense of the lack of sensitivity, uh, from the Trump administration on the African Americans that have been killed by the police, uh, is stark. And I think that was last night's, uh, speech by george floyd's brother was a compelling way to make the difference between two parties
4: absolutely we're gonna take a break we'll be back we'll hear more from last night's convention and you'll hear more of our reaction and analysis with me leslie marshall and my buddy brad bannon don't go away We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only true democracy and talking. Good to have Brad uh, Bannon uh, with us. Uh, now let's listen uh, to Senator Bernie Sanders, independent from uh, the great state of Vermont, because uh, we have the time to do that. And we'll get a few more in as well from the first night of the Democratic National Convention. Take a listen.
3: Our great nation is now living in an unprecedented moment. We're facing the worst public health crisis in 100 years and the worst economic collapse since the Great Depression. We are confronting systemic racism and the enormous threat to our planet of climate change. And in the midst of all of this, we have a president who is not only incapable of addressing these crises, but is leading us down the path of authoritarianism. This election is the most important in the modern history of this country. At its most basic, this election is about preserving our democracy. During this president's term, the unthinkable has become normal. He has tried to prevent people from voting, undermined the U.S. Postal Service, deployed the military and federal agents against peaceful protesters, threatened to delay the election, and suggested that he will not leave office if he loses. This is not normal and we must never treat it like it is. This president is not just a threat to our democracy, but by rejecting science, he has put our lives and health in jeopardy. Trump has attacked doctors and scientists trying to protect us from the pandemic while refusing to take strong action to produce the masks, gowns, and gloves our healthcare workers desperately need. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. Trump golfs. His actions fanned this pandemic, resulting in over 170,000 deaths and a nation still unprepared to protect its people. Furthermore, Trump's negligence has exacerbated the economic crisis we are now experiencing. Since this pandemic began, over 30 million people have lost their jobs, and many have lost their health insurance. Millions of working families are wondering how they will feed their kids, and they're worried that they will be evicted from their homes. And how has Trump responded? Instead of maintaining the $600 a week unemployment supplement that workers were receiving, and the $1,200 emergency checks that many of you received. Instead of helping small businesses, Trump concocted fraudulent executive orders that do virtually nothing to address the crisis while threatening the very future of Social Security and Medicare. Together, we must build a nation that is more equitable, more compassionate, and more inclusive. I know that Joe Biden will begin that fight on day one. Let me offer you just a few examples of how Joe will move us forward. Joe supports raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. This will give 40 million workers a pay raise and push the wage scale up for everyone else. Joe will also make it easier for workers to join unions, create 12 weeks of paid family leave, fund universal pre-K for three and four year olds, and make childcare affordable for millions of families. Joe will rebuild our crumbling infrastructure and fight the threat of climate change by transitioning us to 100% clean electricity over the next 15 years. These initiatives will create millions of good paying jobs all across our country. While Joe and I disagree on the best path to get universal coverage, he has a plan that will greatly expand health care and cut the cost of prescription drugs. Further, he will lower the eligibility age of Medicare from 65 down to 60. To help reform our broken criminal justice system, Joe will end private prisons and detention centers, cash bail, and the school to prison pipeline. And to heal the soul of our nation, Joe Biden will end the hate and division Trump has created. He will stop the demonization of immigrants, the coddling of white nationalists, the racist dog whistling, the religious bigotry, and the ugly attacks on women. The future of our democracy is at stake. The future of our economy is at stake. The future of our planet is at stake. We must come together, defeat Donald Trump, and elect Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as our next president and vice president.
4: Absolutely. Uh, very well said. Well done by Bernie. Brad, your thoughts? I mean, clearly Bernie is speaking to his base, um, which in 2016, 12% voted for Donald Trump. Some stayed home. Uh, some voted for Trump just despite Hillary. Some stayed home, uh, you know, despite Democrats in the party, because Bernie wasn't their guy. Um, a lot of that support Bernie has are youth, or young voters, which Biden certainly needs uh, this, uh, this November. Um, you know, I remember the day after the election, so many young people came out and were upset with Donald Trump. Yet the man on the street interviews person after person when they said, who'd you vote for? They said nobody like they didn't they didn't go. And, and now with more people being able to mail their ballot in, if they're being lazy, um, it, you know, do, do you think that, you know, Bernie's base will show up? Uh, will we see more unity than we did in 2016?
2: We already have. Uh, I think it's interesting. If uh, Michelle Obama was the centerpiece of last night's uh, uh, convention, and she was, the bookends were Bernie Sanders and John Kasich. They both appeal to Democrats who didn't vote uh, for uh, Hillary Clinton in 2016. Uh, you know, to make your point about Bernie supporters, uh, when you add together the Bernie supporters who voted for Trump, Uh, who voted for Jill Stein or didn't vote at all, that prob, based on my reading of the exit polls, that means about one out of every five Sanders voters did not vote uh, for Hillary Clinton, and that killed her. Uh, I don't think the same thing's going to happen this time. Joe Biden has done a much better job of reaching out to Bernie Sanders and his supporters than Hillary Clinton did in 2016, And for that reason, I think you're going to see a much higher level of unity within the Democratic Party. And that will spell the end for Donald Trump.
4: Uh, Absolutely. Uh, We have other people to um, hear from. So uh, let's take a listen. Um, uh, let's listen to a lot of people were not happy that there was a Republican speaking. Let's listen to former governor of Ohio, although it's common for, and, and you know, the past few years, Democrats speak for Repo- at Republican conventions and vice versa, former governor of Ohio in 2016 presidential candidate, Republican John Kasich, uh, why Joe Biden is the candidate for this time in our nation's history. Take a listen.
2: I'm a lifelong Republican, but that attachment holds second place to my responsibility to my country. That's why I've chosen to appear at this convention. In normal times, something like this would probably never happen, but these
3: are not normal times. I'm sure there are Republicans and independents who couldn't imagine crossing over to support a Democrat. They fear Joe may turn
2: sharp left and leave them behind. I don't believe that because I know the measure of the man. It's reasonable, faithful, respectful, and you know, No one pushes Joe around. Joe Biden is a man for our times. Times that call for all of us to take off our partisan hats and put our nation first for ourselves and, of course, for our children.
4: That's uh, John Kasich. What do you think? I I think the more Republicans speaking, the better, because you have a lot of Republicans unhappy with Donald Trump, unhappy with what he's done to their party, and they're looking for someone to vote for or a home. Doesn't mean they have to become a Democrat. What do you say?
2: Yeah, I think, Uh, You have to view uh, case of speech as part of a package with Bernie's to to win uh, in 78 days on November 3rd, Democrats are going to have to do two things. They're going to have to reach the disaffected Democrats who voted for Trump in 2016. And that was the purpose of having uh, Kasich on last night. And they're going to have to galvanize the Bernie supporters who voted for Trump or did not vote at all in 2016. And that's why we had Bernie Sanders. You have to look at the two speeches as bookends and the best the biggest thing joe biden has going for him if you read the national polls is joe biden is seen as a unifying figure who can end the divisiveness of the trump years and what better way to show unity to have a democrat a progressive democratic senator and a conservative republican governor speak on the same night i think it was a big winner
4: uh, I agree with you. I think the whole night was. Excited about tonight. Very quick, Brad. Most excited to see speak tonight who? Give me one name.
2: Uh, well, I think uh, we're going to see, I, I'm saying uh, Jill Biden. Uh, okay, Jill, Jill Biden, you're, you're excited. Uh, Jill Biden. See.
4: I am as well. We, we both agree on that. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be sure to listen to him every Monday and uh, me throughout the week, Mark Levine, and all the rest of the great Leslie Marshall crew right here.
1: Come into CVS today and get free flu shots for the whole family. Plus, get a $5 off $20 shopping pass with each one. Visit CVS today. No-cost flu shots with most insurance. Restrictions apply. Visit cvs.com for details.